0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode twenty-three of season two, the final episode of season two. I'm your host Kurt Field, and it's your boy PB Bruno. Kurt,
1: ask me why. Why is it PB Bruno? Well, first, just to be clear, the P is P as in poop, and the B is B as in bandit. PB, just giving you a little phonetics right there for you, Kurt. Anyways, why my PB Bruno, Kurt? Number one, my grandma's name is Phyllis Briskin. Number two, I used to work for six years at Pink Berry. Number three, the letters PB are in C Biscuit car's license plate. Number four, love peanut butter. But number five, Kurt, Paige Becker's is the motherfucking goat. I don't know if anybody watched last night, but fucking dropped 31 points, beat South Carolina,
0: turn the fuck up. Yeah, that was I was electric. Paige Becker's is so smooth. Back to back to back, 30-point performances for the freshman. Is she the next Brianna Stewart? I mean, Kurt, yes, it's early. I don't think
1: you can say that at all yet because obviously we all know how many championships Brianna Stewart won. So let's just be clear. A, she can't even be the next Brianna Stewart until she's friends with you because people forget you're friends with
0: Brianna Stewart. So mm-hmm. there's ways to go. But Kurt, it's looking really, really good. She's off to a tremendous start. Let's just put it that way. Oh, Gino, yeah. Gino gushes about her. Mm-hmm. Gushes about her. Hey, maybe if. You know, football season's not going to be for a while. Maybe a of women's <laughs> basketball <laughs> podcasts in your boots. Let's go, man. Uh, playing the hoops, playing yeah. the court, playing the court,
1: yeah. <laughs> playing the court, <laughs> playing playing the. Never let them see you sweep.
0: Oh, if, if you if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nailed enough. it! Nailed it! <laughs> I cannot believe this is the final episode of season two. Kurt, how are we sitting
1: here? With no more football game, no more NFL football games until preseason in like August. That it doesn't make any sense.
0: And who knows if we're
1: gonna have preseason football. Kurt, shut the fuck up. I did not even consider that. I don't want to hear it. We did that all we did this already. Remember, we did this all summer. I don't know if there's gonna be football. That shit sucked. Okay, we're not doing that again. There's gonna be football. We're gonna get better. We will get through this. I will not allow for there even to be the slimmest chance of there not being football.
0: Well, can the Patriots get better too? Because I don't want to have a goddamn podcast again and have the Patriots decide to not be relevant for the first time ever. Okay, I w- you know what? Hand up. I will. Com- I'm i bi- I'll be the bigger man here, Kurt. I will compromise. The Patriots will be better. Can you call Bill Belichick and tell him that you know this is an important offseason, homeboy? It's time to get it going. Well, Kurt, I said I was a big PB
1: guy. I don't know about BB, but my name is BB, so I'm. Oh, who knows, Kurt? Maybe I get a little. You are BB.
0: Yeah. But more importantly. TB, are Super Bowl champions. <laughs> the segue god strikes again. <laughs> the segue god. Bruno, <laughs> Super Bowl 55. Wow. Wow. That's really all I got to say. That was a good <laughs> podcast, huh? Hey, Kurt, uh, you
1: know, before we get into all the specifics, I remember there was a certain someone who on uh, the pick six this weekend said the Bucks would win by double digits. There's One of us said that on the pick six. I'm just throwing that out there.
0: Well, I think that's a big brain guy because someone else kind of <laughs> wouldn't have said that correctly.
1: Hey, BB, Ben Briskin, Bruno Briskin, uh, big brain, a lot of BBs, Bill Belichick, a lot of a lot of P's and B's going on. I'm trying to turn that into something more than what it is. I'll get back to you. But, Kurt, I do have a big brain confirmed. Big brain, big brain, Ben Briskin. Ooh, I like that. That's B- a lot of Bs. Quadrupled. Okay, yeah. That's too many letters.
0: <laughs> Quadruple B in the house. <laughs> let's go, baby. All right, Bruno. Wanna, wanna go over this one? Because there's a, a lot to get into in terms of Super Bowl. Obviously, first and foremost, let's just let's just get out of the way. Tom Brady's got seven. He's they got, got seven. Uh, the Buccaneers win 31 to 9. Bruno, I don't want to speak for you, okay? But there were so many experts who picked this game who picked the chiefs i'm not saying that like i told you my head was saying chiefs my my gut said don't bet against brady but there was like over 70 percent of experts on all you know cbs sports espn fox sports you know who get paid a lot of money to you know critique and analyze football and so many of them picked the chiefs i don't i think people saw this going you know one of maybe three ways. A, the Chiefs win in a blowout. B, the Chiefs win in a close game, or C, the Bucks win in a close game. I don't think anybody, anybody had the Bucks winning in a blowout. Did you? Well, Kurt, uh as I just earlier alluded to, I did predict a double-digit
1: victory for the Bucks. However, you know, let's just get serious for a second. I thought it was it, I mean, I was like, you know, I was pretty confident the Bucks were going to win. Maybe that was a little facetious of me to say double digits, but in my head when I was predicting double digits, I was predicting like, you know, like 42 to 28. Like I was predicting points, points, points. I think not only did you absolutely nail it and that this was the least likely out of those four outcomes, the Bucs blowout, but I don't think anybody, anybody, and we're going to get into it, Kurt, but anybody was predicted the Chiefs
0: to only score nine points, like nobody, that was not on anyone's radar. Bruno, the streaking fan made it into the end zone more times than the Chiefs. <laughs> Damn, R.I.P. Chiefs. How, how do you come back from that one? Yikes. I, maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe, are we are we talking about the end of? The, is Mahomes done? Is he washed? Is Andy Reid a bad coach? Am I doing this right? Is this how trolls do it? Am I doing it right? No, I think it's supposed to go. Is he done or finished? That's the debate. Oh, is he done? Well, what was Brady's quote? I'll I'll retire when I suck. Does Patrick Mahomes suck? Should he retire? Well, if we're going on a one-game sample I think size. You know, one-game sample size, Kurt. He sucks. You're right, Bruno. You're right. But let's get into let's get into how this game uh, progressed. Because, uh, actually, believe it or not, even though they only scored nine points. Chiefs struck first in this one, Bruno. Chiefs struck first. They got on the board early with a Harrison Bucker. Bucker? Bucker? I don't know. 49-yard field goal. Didn't last long, Bruno. Didn't last long. And what's so interesting is that when we look at Tom Brady's Super Bowl history, this is Brady's 10th Super Bowl. Bruno, he had never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. That is that is one of the most bizarre statistics you will ever find about Tom Brady. He has only scored points one time going into this game in the, in the first quarter, and that was three points. So, Brady clearly gets off to slow starts in Super Bowls. However, he broke the curse. He broke that curse with literally seconds to spare in the first quarter. He found <clears throat> Rob Gronkowski for a uh, yard touchdown with 37 seconds to go in the quarter. Bucks were leading 7-3 after 1. Bruno, uh, I don't know about you. It's like they were like waiting to unleash Rob Gronkowski because A, he looked quick he looked fast b he was way more involved in a game plan c brady targeted the shit out of him so i don't know did you feel like he was more involved than normal
1: yeah, I mean, I think there was a quote after the game, Kurt, where uh, Tom Brady went up to Gronk and was like, hey, we saved your tutties for the big game and you got two of them. So absolutely. I mean, again, I don't know if it was a concerted effort from Brady. I don't know if he took what the defense gave him. I'm not exactly sure what the game plan was on that end, but it definitely feels like uh, come, like they were uh, mixing up the secret sauce for Gronk to have a big game, and boy, did he deliver.
0: He sure did deliver. Bruno, if I were to tell... If I had told you, not knowing the score, you don't know the score, that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin would combine for three catches in the Super Bowl, would you think the Bucs win in a blowout?
1: Hell fucking no, Kurt, to be completely honest, because based on what we saw all year... It like the, the production that they got in the Super Bowl was not maybe what was behind some of their historic numbers in the regular season and even up into the playoffs until this point. So that's actually cra- I didn't I knew they didn't factor in that much, but I didn't know it was as low as three catches. That's crazy.
0: It's three catches, 40 yards and Mike Evans catch was for 31. So, <laughs> yeah, just wild, dude, just wild. But after the first Rob Gronkowski touchdown, the, the old Patriots are sloppy seconds. The, the Tampa has we got right back on the board in the second quarter 14 three bucks, a, a Harrison Bucker field goal makes it 14 to six. And then, Bruno, we don't talk about it enough. Andy Reid is a fantastic coach. Do we agree? Yes, you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Andy Reid is a fantastic coach. What does he struggle with more than anything? Time management okay the bucks were the bucks got the ball back after the harrison bucker 34 yard field goal to make it 14 to 6 and this is where tampa had been so good they'd scored in the final minute of every playoff game so far this this postseason that did not change here but it changed because andy reed called a time like a a timeout that the buccaneers didn't have so he gave them extra time and they scored a touchdown with six seconds to go on the half so i mean i i Maybe they score a field goal, but Andy Reid's got to be kicking himself for that decision. It was a one-score game, and he effectively gave the Buccaneers new life because it looked like the Bucks were going to maybe run the clock out, or they started with a run that got zero yards. I don't know; it just seemed a little fishy. Um, I was like, "What is Andy Reid doing? Why would why would you ever give Tom Brady more time on the clock?" You know, and it backfired. It was twenty-one-six at the half, and then you know the Bucks the Bucks went on from there. But Bruno. What 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 do you make of Andy Reid calling timeout in a situation to effectively essentially give the Buccaneers more time?
1: I mean, Kurt, you nailed it. It was just kind of like bizarre. Like I completely agree. When they got the ball back on that drive and they did that first run play, I was like, okay, they're just it was just a classic, like, let's just get to the half without any turnovers, right? We all knew that the Chiefs had deferred, right? So they were getting the ball to start the second half. So honestly, like after that first half, only being down, what it would have been 14 to six. Only being down 14 to six is, would have basically been a win for them if they had gone into the locker room safely. So the fact that they did everything possible from penalties to timeouts to just boneheaded plays and whatever, they did everything possible to let the Bucs score that they did, it was just kind of crazy. And like, again, like that is a humongous difference. Like I know it sounds obvious, like being down more is worse, but like, Fourteen to six to twenty one to six. It just felt like a. Comp- it just felt like almost it was immeasurable. And like, I we're gonna get into the second half, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about it. I think knowing that it was the Chiefs, I didn't go into halftime being like it's over because like it's the Chiefs. Obviously, if we've seen from them anything can happen, and they've had some comeback wins. But like again, I, I if looking at it after the fact, like you could argue that like that was like the nail in the coffin.
0: It was. And it's funny because right before this drive, Bruno, um, Tyron Matthew is a fantastic, fantastic safety. Mm. There's no denying that. But around these parts up here in New England, we we speak a lot about don't poke the bear. Mm. Just don't poke the bear. And uh in this in this scenario, Tom Brady is the bear, and Tyron Matthew didn't poke it. He started to beat this, he tried to punch the bear. The bear didn't the bear did not take kindly to that. Let me explain what this what happened, okay? Brady tries to target Tyron Matthew. I think the drive before Tyron Matthew uh breaks it up or something. He had that interception. Matthew had the interception that got called back because of yep. holding. Um, but you know, Matthew gets in Brady's face talking shit and boom, Brady gave it right back to him. Brady's like pointing at him. They get into a little point off. Brady's screaming. I was like, oh, he did it. Oh, he unleashed Psycho Tom. I tweeted it. I was like, psycho Tom, it's gonna happen. Well, this happens right. Um and it might have been actually this drive, not the drive before. But anyway, they're down in the red zone with just seconds to go before halftime. Just seconds to go. They're on the one yard line, I think. Um, and Brady hits Antonio Brown for a touchdown. And who's in coverage? Tyron Matthew. And before Brady goes to celebrate with his teammates, he goes right over to Tyron Matthew, gets in his face, lets him know something. Tyron Matthews says something back and runs away. And Tom, the fucking speedster that he is, hauls ass to go get in Matthews' face again. I thought a full-out brawl was going to break out. Tyron Matthews throwing his helmet. Coaches are trying to restrain him on the sidelines. It was just a wild couple seconds there. But Bruno, he poked the bear and he got burned.
1: Yeah, and to be completely honest, Kurt, that feeds even more into this thing we're talking about about how that was basically over. Because my thoughts when I saw that were just like, the Chiefs are unbelievably rattled. Like between Mahomes not having a great first half and again we'll get into, you know, there's some injuries and some news after the Super Bowl whatever, blah blah blah. We're going to we'll talk about Mahomes, but between that and and Honey Badger being rattled to his core and the receivers not being able to catch anything and the defense committing un, unforgivable penalty after unforgivable penalty, going into halftime I was like the Chiefs are fucking rattled and that was just like exhibit A.
0: So Bruno, uh in the first half the Chiefs scored three touchdowns. Brady the Gronk Brady to Gronk, Brady Antonio Brown. So the Patriots were up twenty-one to six at halftime over the Chiefs <laughs> in the Super Bowl. And that at eight twelve, you texted me, Patriots, dot dot dot. I said, bro. You replied, <laughs> bro. I said <laughs> I said, This is crazy. You said the Chiefs are so rattled. And I replied, All caps, dude, so rattled. You're right. <laughs> There was the breakdown. <laughs> if you want to know what we talk about during a game, that it—that was it, right? There. That was literally it. Oh, that's so funny. But it's—they got the the Bucks got off to a hot start. They closed the first half with an exclamation point, and even the, so, let's get in the second half a little bit, okay? Yep. The, the Chiefs come out and they settle for a field goal to start the third quarter, twenty-one to nine. Well, after that playoff, motherfucking Lenny, Leonard Fournette. 27 yards to the house, Bruno. He looked good again in this game. He was bad in the regular season, like he was not good. He was very, very good in the postseason. He, like Ronald Jones, the other running back for Tampa, didn't see the field all that much because Fournette was having such a good postseason. He continued it in the Super Bowl. And Bruno, the scoring ended in the third quarter because after the Fournette touchdown run, it was 28 to 9. And the Bucks added on a field goal late to make it 31 to 9. And that's the way the score stayed. So, I mean, I don't even know where I want to start. I, I know I that was a lie. That was me lying. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to lie. <laughs> Bruno, let's talk about this Buccaneers defense. Let's talk. Okay. Because I remember in the pick six, um, someone with a decently sized brain, not as big of a brain as you, was saying that the game was going to be won or lost when the Chiefs' offense was on the field and when the Bucs' defense was on the field. So, obviously, when these two teams played earlier in the season, Bruno, it didn't go well for the Bucs' defense, especially early on in that first game. Um, I mentioned on the the pick six that if the Bucs could get home with just their front four and not have to blitz, they were going to have a lot of success. It's like you can't ever leave – uh, Tyreek Hill, like on single coverage, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get burned, so on and so forth. Well, standing ovation for Todd Bowles in that Buccaneers defense because holy crap, holy crap. What's the guy's name? David White, the linebacker, the young linebacker for the Bucs. I think it's David White. Um, he looked like the best middle linebacker I've ever seen. It was just – it was a masterful performance from a Buccaneers defense that looked – So in charge and so locked in, Bruno, Patrick Mahomes, was he had 56 dropbacks. Uh, He was pressured on 29 of them, the most of any quarterback in Super Bowl history, which is just absurd. But uh, even more absurd stat than that, Bruno, when I saw this, I was like, this has to be a typo. Somebody's wrong. I don't. Something's wrong. Patrick Mahomes ran for 498 yards before letting go of all of his passes. 498 yards. He was getting the he was getting the snap and running for his life. The Buccaneers were able to generate pressure with that front four. They hardly ever blitzed. Okay. Uh where was this? Yeah, the Bucs played single coverage on Tyreek Hill zero times. They had him doubled every single play. They got pressured with four. Um, again, the most pressures in Super Bowl history. That is a unbelievable performance from that Buccaneers defense. And they made the Chiefs look bad for the first time in like three years. The, no one's made the Chiefs look that bad before Bruno. What did you think about the Bucs defense?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, there's not much more to say because you just pretty much nailed it. The way they were rushing Patrick Hones, it felt like every play – we knew what was going to happen and it was going to be, he'd get the snap. He'd have 0.2 seconds to try to pass from the pocket. And after those 0.2 seconds were done, he'd have to run for his absolute life. Like it felt like we were watching the same play over and over and over again. It was crazy. And like, again, we had talked about how Eric Fisher was out. We had talked about the chiefs offensive line being like whatever it was. You know what I mean? I, I think we all knew that the bucks pass rushers were good. I don't think we were expecting to see them ball out to this proportion. I mean, again, it bears worth repeating. that stat you brought up 490, whatever yards it was. That is insane. And like, it's, what's also insane is that like, I can still picture it all happening. Cause he would have to scramble like hilariously outside of the pocket and run all the way around. Like it felt like he was just always on the run. And yes, he did have, he, he, you know, he had, he had his turf toe injury. So I'm sure that didn't help. Right. But him being injured or not, doesn't affect how good the Bucks pass rush was, right? Like maybe he would have scrambled on a couple of those and been able to get away from someone. But the fact of the matter remains, like whether he was hobbled or not, the Bucks pass rush showed the fuck up. And that you clearly, you saw how much that helped in the coverage because you know, they, the Patrick
0: Mahomes didn't have any time to find like any of his receivers. Correct. I will Bruno <clears throat> kudos to me. I will give credit where credit is due. Okay. I don't like Patrick Mahomes. I respect him. His mm. stats were atrocious. He played so much better than his stats showed. He was making some of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. Like we were texting in our in our UConn group chat about the play where he is literally parallel to the ground, like six inches from the ground, throws the ball 30 yards down the field to the end zone, and hits – was it Tyree Kill or McColl Hardman? One of them. Yeah, I think it was Hardman. In the face. Like right through his hands in the face. I mean, the game would have been so different. There were a couple of those. Remember, he was scrambling along the sideline and hucked up a prayer to the back corner of the end zone that was caught, but like just out of bounds. I mean, those two plays go differently. We're talking about an entirely different ball game. Um, So I will give Patrick Mahomes credit. He fought for his life out there. Literally on every play, he knew he was going to get destroyed, and he, he made some really, really impressive plays. Yeah, and
1: right along those lines, Kurt, I'm glad you brought that up because to me... If you ask me, like, what were the reasons why either the Bucs won or the Chiefs lost, for the Chiefs side, there's the two biggest things. Number one was what we just talked about, which was inability to stop the pass rush. They just, that sabotaged their whole game plan. The second thing, Kurt, which is right along what you just said, was the drops. There were so many drops from Kansas City receivers. That isn't taking anything away from the Bucs. The Bucs played great defensively, no matter how you look at it. But... The fact remains, Kurt, not only were those two like memorable drops because those were crazy, almost highlight throws. From, well, they were highlight throws from our homes. They just weren't completed passes. But more than that, there was one earlier in the game. He threw it on third down to Kelsey. Literally just went right off his hand. Like it was like, uh, Kel- when have we ever seen Kelsey be like basically wide open, throw hits in the hands and just absolute drop. There were a bunch to like some guy named Pringle. There was a bunch all over the place. Like it felt like the drops just kept adding up and adding up. And like that, A, that's just not what we're used to seeing from the Chiefs. But B, it, it's like you said, like none of that, none of those throws were really even on Mahomes. Like I know it's like I know we people love to say that when a quarterback, you like to give him the excuse, but if you look at most, if not all of those throws, they were almost all catchable balls, and more than that, like should have been caught. So it's yeah, it's crazy,
0: no doubt. And I will say this too, like I've, I'll give credit to Mahomes, but at the same time, I'm gonna give credit to the Buccaneers secondary too because the Bucks really did only rush four, so they're dropping seven into coverage on every play. And Mahomes said after the game, his receivers weren't in the spots they normally are. That kind of made him hold the ball for too long. But that's that's an indication of how good the Bucs' secondary was in this game too. So all around, A-plus performance from Todd Bowles, A-plus performance from that Buccaneers defense. And Bruno, remember how I said if they blitz, they're going to lose? Todd Bowles blitzed four times the entire game. That is the lowest he has ever blitzed in his entire NFL coaching career. And you cannot convince me otherwise. That was a that was a patriot that was the Patriots game plan perfected by the Buccaneers. Because this is twice now. Bill Bell or Bill Belichick for multiple occasions has limited Patrick Mahomes by not blitzing and dropping seven, sometimes eight into coverage. And that is precisely, precisely, precisely what the Buccaneers <laughs> did. So Good for the Bucks. It worked great. Who knows? Maybe that's recipe going forward to try to stop Mahomes. But on the, uh, are you cool if I flip it around to the the Bucks offense now, Bruno? Flip it. Flipping. So Brady had thirty dropbacks. Okay, he was only pressured on four of them. The lowest of any of his in his ten Super Bowls. That was the lowest he's ever been pressured. So it's just, it's funny I guess it's funny I'm saying it's funny so I don't cry but it was a that Buccaneers offense wasn't like uh they sure they went four or five wide a couple times in this game but so many of so many of the plays looked like vintage Patriots plays where it's play action it's Brady over the middle up the seam to Gronk like if you if you know anything about Tom Brady it's like that man loves to target and attack the middle of the field and the Chiefs are like, here you go. Here's the whole middle of the field. Take it. And then Brady knew. Brady's played the Chiefs many, many, many times. He knew that Steve Spagnola was going to blitz the shit out of him. Spagnuolo uh, beat the Patriots with, with the Giants back in the Super Bowl. He's played uh, Brady when Brady was on the paths uh, against the Ch- Chiefs defense. Blitzed the shit out of him then. And he blitzed the shit out of him this game. So, no, there was no seven-step drops, which the Buccaneers, you know, are so used to doing and they did at the beginning of the season. This was the quick Patriots passing game. It was Chris Godwin for four yards. It was Gronk for five yards. It was um, uh, Cameron Brate for seven yards. It was a kind of more dink and dunk, and they took shots up the seam when they had them. But it was a very Patriots-esque game plan. And I give all the credit in the world to Tom Brady because I guarantee you he, had, he has a lot to do with that plan and the Buccaneers again they did it perfectly they did it perfectly so really it was a perfect game plan and it was perfectly executed by the entire Buccaneers roster
1: yeah Kurt if we're going to be honest maybe the Chiefs game plan on defense was preparing for the Bucs which is why Mike Evans and Chris Godwin didn't do much maybe they forgot to prepare for the Patriots which is why Gronk and AB did all of what they did
0: God I knew you were big brain you're right it's just you're the smartest guy I've ever met truth (laughs) We're we're the smartest, Kurt. Big brains on this podcast. Yeah, I'd say. I don't know, Bruno. This was it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that like I just never, I never in my wildest dreams expected a Buccaneers blowout in the Super Bowl. I know.
1: And like, again, going into this matchup, what was this talk? It was and I know we got sick of it and it's not correct. But what people were saying was, you know, the the goat, the old goat versus the new goat, which effectively that storyline is dead. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But it was billed as this electric matchup. It was supposed to be an electric matchup. The Chiefs were the new guard. Tom Brady was the old guard. But both offenses super exciting. Both defenses pretty solid. I was expecting a classic. But, Kurt, I'm not going to lie. If we were going to get a blowout, I'm pretty fucking happy that it was a blowout for the Bucks and not the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, me too, Bruno. Me too. <laughs> um, that's a good segue. That's a good segue because I don't think it's set in yet that Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. Like, the next closest person is, has four. I I he's almost he's almost doubled it. It makes no sense to me. Like everyone's, and here's the thing too that bothered me so much going into this game, Bruno. When Brady had six rings and Mahomes had one, people on uh, on on Twitter and people even on TV were like, "Well, all Mahomes needs is five more Super Bowls." Excuse me. Hold on. Hold on. All he needs is just five more Super. <laughs> like it's some easy. Like oh yes, yeah, like, oh, let's go play catch in the backyard. Do you know how hard it is to win one Super Bowl? They're like, oh, he'll win five more. Dude, please stop. I think people are just so – I think people have Brady fatigue. And they're just tired of seeing Brady for 20 years with the Pats now in his first year with the Bucs. He's just always relevant. And I think people are sick of it. So they were grasping on to Lamar Jackson last year saying he could be the GOAT. Fellas, ladies, guys, everybody, non-binaries, settle down okay? Settle down. Because it's, people are trying so hard to, I think, diminish or take away from what Tom Brady has done by boosting up other people. And it's just like, and don't get me wrong, I think it did happen this year, but like, can we just appreciate the greatness? Can we just appreciate some of the greatness? Because you will never, ever, 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 ever see this again. Yeah, Kurt,
1: and I have two quick add-ons to what you said. Number one, to those people saying, oh, yeah, he just needs to win five more Super Bowls. Other than Tom Brady, no one's ever won that many Super Bowls. So, like, let's just take a second before we just say, oh, yeah, he just needs to win this many more, which, by the way, if you take out Tom Brady, would be the record for most Super Bowls of all time. So that's kind of funny. On the other hand, Kurt, and this is continuing this conversation that we're having, you and I were both in agreement, right, that if he, if he for whatever reason, had just not joined the Bucks and stopped playing, He'd be the GOAT, right? He did not need another Super Bowl. You look at his career, obviously a Hall of Famer, obviously a GOAT. I love the argument that people make where he said two separate Hall of Fame careers. I've seen people even recently been like, you can split it three ways. So it's three Hall of Fame careers. That's what that's what you're about to do. Kurt just showed me his phone right now while, while I'm talking, and he's pulling up the tweet that said that's so all. I'll let Kurt get into that in a second. But what I'm trying to say is he didn't need the Super Bowl. But at the same time, this gravy just tastes so good because all the people who said it was Belichick or it was the Patriots or is the system or is this or is that now you can you simply can't like you can't explain away the fact that he switched teams at 43 years old, brand new environment like he's never done this before. It's not the system. It's not the same coach. Like, yeah, maybe it's a couple of Patriots here and there, but like completely new system. And in year one, he went to Super Bowl. You, you literally can't. Take away from that. So like this just this just shuts everyone up for good. Like he's the go.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is. I saw a tweet that was like, How do you cement something that's been cemented and and (laughs) re-cemented twice? But he did it. He did. And people are like, (laughs) Peyton Manning was the only quarterback who had won a Super Bowl for two different teams. And I honest to God, Bruno, I bet that irked Tom Brady. I bet he's like, I can do that. (laughs) I could do it better. Well, he did. He did it people yeah, because,
1: uh, Kurt, let's not let's not forget here. People forget why Peyton won the Super Bowl with the Broncos, the defense. And, again, we just spent all the time talking about how the Bucks defense was good this year. But still, I mean, you if you look
0: at what Brady did with his team versus what Peyton did for the Broncos, yeesh, world of difference. World of difference. Bruno, like you mentioned, that tweet I have pulled up on my phone. I've seen the thing about Brady has two Hall of Fame careers. And, yeah, he does. He, ha- he has two. There is an argument to be made and a very <laughs> valid argument <laughs> to be made. That Brady could go into the Hall of Fame three different times if if he so chose. (laughs) In his 20s, when Tom Brady was in his 20s, three Super Bowl appearances, three rings, one MVP. In his 30s, four Super Bowl appearances, two rings, one MVP. In his 40s, three Super Bowl (laughs) appearances, two rings, one MVP. And he's still (laughs) going. It's just so ridiculous. The Tom Brady stats,
1: like they were always ridiculous, Kurt. But with everything he's done on the Bucs, culminating with the Super Bowl, they're just so ludicrous. It's like people are just making these up. It like it makes no sense
0: with some of these stats. Are. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Bruno, I have two more things, okay, and then we'll get into our activity for the day. Okay. So, back in 2014, the Patriots drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally. In the last two seasons, Bruno, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady have their crack at the Chiefs in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, the Patriots drafted Garoppolo to replace Tom Brady because back then in 2014, they were like, Ugh, I don't know, Tom looks, he's getting old, up there in age, blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously, we know how it worked. Uh, Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers. He had a good year or two there. Things have gone down quickly, gone downhill pretty quickly. But last year in the Super Bowl, Against the Chiefs, Garoppolo was 20 of 31 for 219 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, two dropped interceptions too. So just not a good performance from Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady this year, 21 of 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and MVP. Mind you, almost all but five of those yards were up through three quarters, and then the Bucs just ran the ball the fourth quarter. So through three quarters, Tom Brady had three touchdowns and 200 yards. So, I mean – He's 43 years old and I just think it I think I think Brady rivals in the fact that like uh the guy who was supposed to replace me lost last year and I did it I won on a different team this year. So I don't know. It's just it's just very intriguing to me. And what we know what else is
1: intriguing Kurt that uh he might end up being the Tom Brady replacement after all for the Patriots cuz that's been the speculation all all offseason so far. So <laughs> yeah, we're going to see.
0: We'll see about that. So, okay. Here's my last my last thought on Yep. The, the Super Bowl stuff. Well, it it has to do with Patrick Mahomes, okay? Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs. Okay. So I saw this, saw this. Uh, was it was a tweet or an article. I don't know. I've been reading a lot the last couple of days. But uh, big reading guy. Big reading guy. Um Tom Brady, Bruno. We talked, I remember how I said a couple of weeks ago if the if the Chiefs won this year, I'd consider it a dynasty. They went back to back. They made it to the AFC championship game the year before. Well bruno Mm. tom brady has single-handedly stopped a chiefs dynasty from happening in 2018 tom brady beat them in the afc championship game you cannot convince me otherwise that chiefs team would have blown the rams out in super bowl so that would have been mahomes ring number one mahomes won a ring last year that was number two and then if he beat brady this year it would have been ring number three but tom brady said "No, no 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 i'm gonna beat you again this time for all the marbles. So Tom Brady has beaten Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs two of the last three years to make sure they did not get a Super Bowl ring. So Tom Brady has defended the wall and he has defended the he's defended the Patriots wall because the only back-to-back Super Bowl champs ever were the 03 and 04 Pats. So Brady's like, well, we're gonna keep it that way. We don't want the Chiefs. That was a, that was just a that was out of respect. And I appreciate it, Tom. I didn't want to have to say back-to-back champs for the Chiefs. Yeah, Kurt, right there with you. It makes me fucking
1: absolutely delighted to hear that. And we heard all Super Bowl week, Kurt, we talked about this last week, but what did we hear out of Mahomes and Kelsey and all those Chiefs? Oh, yeah, we are painfully and obviously aware that we've never beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs uh, and Gronk in the playoffs. Well, uh, wouldn't you know, they still haven't done that, Kurt, and who knows? maybe well this will happen again next year and maybe the result will be the same how ironic would that be he stops them from repeating this year and then he plays them again next year and repeats on their fucking ass next year that would be
0: fucking sick that'd be insane it's unfortunate though cuz the pats are going to beat the bucks in the super bowl next year that's and okay well oh you know what i'll take that i'll take that um <laughs> i just i was like god damn he really did do that he really did do that and it's it got me thinking to i know everyone loves patrick mahomes and he's He's the baby goat and all this shit. Again, don't get me started on that. I have my opinions on that. But we are one Jimmy Garoppolo overthrow away from Mahomes losing back-to-back Super Bowls. Because last year, Garoppolo missed a wide-open receiver that would have won the game on on a deep ball. And the Chiefs won, obviously. But, like, how would the narrative be different right now if Patrick Mahomes had made two Super Bowls and lost them both? Like, what are we... Like what are we doing? Why are we trying to make him I mean he's he's fantastic but why are we he's not immortal. Like what I don't know. It just it annoys me how much praise he gets for accomplishing so little. I know he has potential but he really hasn't accomplished a whole hell of a lot in the NFL. Yeah, you know what it would be, Kurt? It'd be like Lamar Jackson. Cause that was up until
1: this year, he was 0-2 in the playoffs. He hadn't even won a playoff game, and people are like, Oh, yeah. We like we would talk about Mahomes, and then it would be like Lamar Jackson would be like, Oh yeah, he's kind of good, but like, you know, he's not really relevant when it comes to like the greatest, right? And it was because he hadn't gotten the job done. So again, yeah i mean i guess you could say that in this hypothetical mahomes would have at least made the super bowl so that would have been more than lamar jackson but still it would have been very fun to have that conversation about like oh yeah winners win oh yeah mahomes you know he can win the regular season stuff he can get the yards but he can't get it done and so kurt uh, i'm not gonna lie to you let's just
0: start pushing that narrative oh, i'm all for it. It. I'm a, you dig i dig
1: <laughs> i dig
0: well congratulations to tb and tb um I don't know. I know it wasn't a close game, but I had fun. I had so much fun rooting against the the Chiefs. And obviously, you know, I don't know if you saw. I'm sure you did. Uh, Dave Portnoy, Prez, put out an emergency press conference the, the day after. And I think he summed up summed up the feelings well. Obviously, I, if you saw my Instagram story, I was rooting for the Bucks. I was rooting for Brady. It does not make me a Buccaneers fan. It doesn't make me whatever like that's my quarterback tom brady is my quarterback he's your quarterback he's the our quarterback in new england so yeah we're gonna root for him over the chiefs who we hate so i don't know people are like uh for all you guys who don't know he's not a patriot anymore Like, yeah thanks sherlock we're fully (laughs) aware. but like you know if if it comes to cheering for patrick mahomes or tom brady and you're a patriots fan if you're not rooting for tom brady you're not a patriots fan so um i'm very very happy that he won it it's I'm again I said this last episode I said this before he actually played a game for Tampa I hope and pray people respect Tom Brady and see how great he truly is now that you can take the Patriots stigma out of it and I think it finally happened so I'm very happy for that and he's coming back next year he said it last he said it'd the uh, on the podium so we're gonna get Tom Brady at Gillette Stadium next year at some point I I am not ready for that Kurt,
1: uh, I don't know if I'm ready for it either. Let's put this in for Stats Guy, but let's uh, you know, assuming it's open for fans to go to, let's uh, you know, try to get Stats Guy to make that happen. Yeah, we're gonna have to spend
0: a boatload of money to get into that game. But um yeah. Bruno, that brings us to uh the second part of this podcast. And uh I couldn't think of a more perfect way to end this season. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Tom Brady has how many Super Bowls now, Bruno? Uh seven. Seven. He has seven Super Bowls. Well, we are going to rank them, okay? Mm. We're going to rank on – what did I say? What what was my criteria?
1: I think you said most impressive to least impressive.
0: Most impressive to least impressive, yes.
1: Which is – it's kind of funny that we're calling a Super Bowl win least impressive. But when you've won seven of them, Kurt, some of them are going to be impressive, more impressive than others. You're
0: correct. I I hear (laughs) no lies. I see no lies. I hear no lies. Bruno, how are we going to do this, right? We're going to start – the timeline way back when, when Tom Brady was just a youngin, And we're going to go in chronological order of the Super Bowl we've yep. gone through. So we'll explain the Super Bowl. And then Bruno and I will discuss where we have that ranked one through seven. top yep. Copy. All right. So we start back in Super Bowl 36, Bruno. That was a long fucking time ago. That was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> My God. Ooh. Patriots stun, stun the St. Louis Rams at the time, 20 to 17 in that game, Brady, Super Bowl MVP, 16 to 27, 145 yards, one TD, zero interceptions. Now take this with a grain of salt because you think back to the prehistoric ages, which is when this game was, they didn't they didn't have five wide receivers. They didn't throw the ball fifty times a game. And it was going against the best team in the NFL. Bruno, where do you have this ranked in your seven? All right, Kurt. So
1: I I think we're going to either have this in the same spot or very close. And for multiple reasons, right? I have this as the most impressive. To be completely honest, first Super Bowl – it's always the hardest, right? Because you've never done it before. You can make the argument that every Super Bowl he's won, every successive Super Bowl, he can at least be like, I know what it takes to win a Super Bowl because he had done it before, right? So this was the first time he won. On top of that, like you said, the Rams, they were the greatest show on turf. They were supposed to come in and dominate Kurt Warner. They were supposed to be just like the absolute you know, goat team. So I think just combined with how good people, the Rams were in that season that they had, the expectations that the Rams had, and this was before... Belichick and Tom were Belichick and Tom like yeah Belichick had won a couple of rings previously to the Patriots but this was before they are who they are now right like at least when pe- they win Super Bowls now or they have won Super Bowl since they could be like oh yeah that's that's Bill Belichick and Tom already doing those things but this was the first time they had ever done that so to me it was the most impressive
0: all right I respect the shit out of it I respect the shit out of it however I have it as number four Bruno Number four? Number four. Let me explain why. Now, I'm going to back up for one. Wait, wait.
1: No spoiler. No spo- don't spoil the top three in your explanation. Oh, I simply okay, will, I simply okay, I will not chance. do
0: that. Wow. number f- I, I was dead wrong. I thought we were going to be on the same page. Well, here's why I have it at number four. The okay. Patriots defense scored a touchdown in that game. So, the Patriots offense only put up 13 points. So, Tom Brady only led a one touchdown drive. And so, that's why I was like, eh. It was impressive because you're right. It was the first one. It was against the greatest show on turf. Uh the two minute drill that he had was so clutch. It's not for a rookie or like kind of a rookie to do that was beyond impressive. But I just ultimately thought that there were more impressive games for, for Tom in the Super Bowl. And that's where I'll leave that. Okay. Honestly, Kurt, I, we'll, I think we we did this. We didn't really
1: talk that much about this exercise. I think we did this from philosophically different perspectives, but that's okay, because we'll be able to like give both sides of it. I didn't necessarily focus solely on Tom and like either his stats or what he specifically did or what the offense did. I kind of did it more the win in general. So I guess okay. maybe that's not correct, because I know This exercise is not just about the Patriots because obviously the box one we're now including, but you know, you'll get a little bold. I'm not redoing my list card. I did my list once. I'm not redoing it. I'm simply not going to do that. Uh, I only do the work that I have to do and nothing more uh, unless, you know, any of my bosses are listening, in which case I always do 120%. So Kurt, we're going to uh, move on to number two, Bruno. Number
0: two, Super Bowl (laughs) 38. Okay, Super Bowl 38, also a really fucking long time ago. Patriots 32, Carolina Panthers 29. Bruno, fun fact, really cute, fun story. This is the mm. first football game I ever sat down and watched. Wow. That's honestly, I've never even
1: thought about that. I'd have to like ask my dad because I feel like I started watching football because my dad I'd have to ask him if
0: he, I, he like made me watch in their first Super Bowl run. That's a that's a cool thing to say, though. It was my I remember we went to my old buddy's way. We don't talk anymore. But like this kid Nick Pekoski, his house, and uh, we watched the Super Bowl. It was the first time I remember. I I will never get it out of my head. I looked at my dad and goes, "I really like this game." And I was like, <laughs> "Little did I know it was going to be my life for the next twenty years." Um, Love that. But yeah, Pats thirty-two, Panthers twenty-nine. This game was wild. Tom Brady thirty-two of forty-eight, three hundred and fifty-four yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Again. Super Bowl MVP, Bruno. Where do you have this one ranked, or do you want to switch so, off? We can switch off. Yeah, it's probably fair if we switch off. All right, I have this as number five. I have this as number five. So, um, obviously, Tom Brady in this game was a magician. He, again, how do you ranking Super Bowls? How impressive they are is crazy. But I, because like this game for someone for someone else is going to be number one. And it's I have it at number five. So I just for the the only way I can explain it is I just have other games higher. That's my only explanation for this. It was this was an amazing game. Uh, Brady played balled out, but I have it as number five. Kurt. I went into this thinking that we'd have similar lists and it
1: turns out i feel like we're just not gonna have we're not gonna agree in a single one of these games kurt i have this dead fucking last in seven wow. to me this was by by far the easiest choice when i looked at them it was instantly number one least impressive for me oh. i it again it was a great game he had great stuff uh, what you said is valid right it was a wildly entertaining game i remember when i i looked at the box score you know like an hour ago just trying to get a feel for it and i think i saw like all of the points were either in like the second or the fourth quarter. So, like, it was kind of crazy that it was just came in spurts. Again, I'm not disagreeing with the stats. Just to me, it's like, it's the fucking Panthers. Like, uh, to me, it's just like, what? It's the fucking Panthers. Like, I know they had Jake DeLum and we're like, whatever, but like that. And then also, like, every other Super Bowl, almost every other one. I feel like there was some significance to it. But for me, like this one just didn't have the same significance as the other one. So, again, I'm not saying it didn't count. I'm not saying it wasn't good. Obviously, it's a Super Bowl win. But to me, I was like, okay, this is number seven.
0: All right. I respect it. And it's funny you thought that about the Panthers. There's there's one game that stood out to me, and I was like, that's the least impressive. And I was like so confident in my answer. So, it's interesting. (laughs) I think I know what it is, but we'll get it. This is cool, though. Like, this is cool. Yeah. So, uh yeah. bruno that for all us- those
1: that think that kurt and i just talk about all this stuff and agree all the time you're gonna fucking you're gonna look inside to completely i mean they're both big brains but they're different brains
0: yeah very different brains and it's just it, our list can be so different because there's so many super bowls to go through um right next one the next year super bowl 39 pats 24 eagles 21 brady stats in this one bruno 23 of 33 236 yards two touchdowns no picks 110.2 rating Dion branch was the mvp in this one though yeah so
1: kurt my turn to go first and where i rank this so again one is the most impressive seven is the least impressive just as a refresher this was the hardest it was between like in terms of a decision of where to go like if you were ranking two of these this was the hardest decision for me like i spent like the most time thinking about like where i wanted to put this game versus the other game i was comparing to but at the end of the day kurt i had this as the third most impressive game i just think that um the repeat factor pushed it very high obviously we just talked about how the chiefs had a chance to be the first team since this team to repeat so like that just like isn't done that often it's very very hard I don't want to give away too much, but like the one that's at number two is also something that's equally crazy. And it doesn't take, you know, if you know the Patriots Super Bowls, it doesn't take much to think about what that might be. But I just had this, you know, I had this ranked pretty high because, again, it's just like it's it's kind of crazy to say you repeated a Super Bowl champion. Some quarterbacks win one their whole career and we're out here just ranking. Oh, yeah, you repeat it. Although where does that fit on the list?
0: You're so right, Bruno. It's weird because this was the easiest one for me to rank. And I have ranked seventh. There, there, there there's the
1: philosophical difference, Kurt. There's the philosophical difference.
0: This game was so like meh. I was like, meh. Andy Reed's terrible decision making. It's funny. Brady's beat Andy Reed twice in the Super Bowl now. Because Andy Reed was the head coach of the Eagles on that one. But I don't know. See, for me, Bruno, I mean you gotta go back and watch those Panthers highlights in that Super Bowl. That game was fucking nutty. This this game was so boring. I don't know. It, it was this was easy for me to put last. So Kurt, I think,
1: again, I think there's the difference in our rankings. I didn't look so much at the actual game and maybe actual stats themselves. I just looked at the like significance or what was noteworthy about the actual game. So like, I, I can see where you're coming from. If you're talking about like, you know, if you did, if you took out the outside context that this was repeating, then I totally
0: see where you're coming from. But I just looked at it from the outside context, which was it was repeating. And Bruno, that's what makes, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's what makes this so great so um that, i had it seventh you had it third right yeah all right i bruno i still love the shit out of you <laughs> well kurt it sounds like you're trying to throw
1: some confidence in there because you just can't uh, hold back your disgust at our difference in picks right now no
0: Bruno, that would be being bipartisan <laughs> in a very politically wait politically charged world we live in um kurt are you uh reaching across the aisle here uh, bruno shake my hand damn it Shake, virtual shake this is a christmas guy and a hanukkah guy meeting in the middle that's a great point um that's a great point. so we're not going to talk about the next two because <clears throat> he didn't win them um yeah yep 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 but that brings us to super bowl 49 patriots 28 seahawks 24 brady 37 of 50 328 yards four touchdowns two interceptions so he throws for over 300 yards third mvp uh, down by four points in the last drive. He bleeds a pass down, scores a touchdown, blah, 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 blah. You, you know you know it. I was a freshman. Bruno was a sophomore at UConn. My turn to go first, Bruno. Yep. For me, this was the hardest game to rank. I haven't ranked second. I have wow. ranked second. okay, okay. This game ended a 10-year drought of – not winning a super bowl for the pats so not only do you end a 10-year drought you're down by 14 or 10 you're down by double digits in the fourth quarter against a team looking to repeat against a team with the legion of boom who has the best secondary we've probably ever seen and tom brady just does tom brady things and it helps the pass it got Brady's fourth ring and everyone's like oh my god he got four so I don't know this I cried I cried in this game I cried in the uh towers Sherman Sherman in the towers at UConn uh lounge and I cried because I when Malcolm Butler intercepted that pass I cried so that's all I gotta say about that number two Yeah, unbelievably
1: impressive, Kurt. I mean, that Malcolm Butler interception is like maybe the most well-known Super Bowl moment. Like there's a lot, there's, you know, there's multiple well-known Super Bowl moments, right? But it's it's always up there in the montage, like a promo video of like Super Bowl highlights because it, it was just that crazy. So I agree with you the uh, sorry eagles the seahawks defense coming in being like the legion of doom legion of boom whatever they you know all the different things that they call each other playing at the absolute height of their powers they were unreal and again just like you said being able to come back and it had been so long since he won and then when we, when he went down people were like oh yeah he lost the giants lost the giants. so it's like oh he's never going to win again and to come back and win impressive in terms of the purely game sense i agree with where it is on your list because of the outside context i had it at number four which isn't that far off from your like I I again I'm more ranking it's because the three games I have ahead of it had something other than like a significance that's external to the actual game but if you're just purely talking the game like which it sounds like I misconstrued from your activity
0: directions I completely agree that this, would, this you could easily argue it's top two all right so I respect it and again I threw this on Bruno like 40 minutes before we came on so I like there I see the I see that things were not very clearly explained and i love the fact that it's different i'm i'm happy about that actually i i was pooping when you sent it to me
1: so for further context you didn't need to know that but it's just it's true you did answer pretty quick um yeah i was on my phone (laughs) let me tell you
0: (laughs) just uh ppt yeah ppt yeah a little ppt um bruno that brings us to super bowl 51 Uh, Patriots 34 Falcons 28 overtime win for the Pats Brady 30 43 of 62 466 yards two touchdowns one pick Super Bowl MVP take it away
1: yeah Kurt I had this I mean just unbelievably incredible comeback like people always talk about it it's what you always say the Atlanta that's that's when we traced what did we say Atlanta died that day and we traced it through all their other sports and everything until the end of time like that's the day they died uh Kurt I had this at number two Again, m- just a refresher, my number 1 was only the first Super Bowl because again, I just philosophically I was like it was the first ever Super Bowl, you can argue it's the hardest to win in terms of a purely impressive though, like you could easily make the case that's number 1 and I don't I'm not saying what he did against the Falcons in the game is is less impressive than what he did against the Rams, I just had it rated by the win. So, for me it's it's number 2.
0: For me it's number 1. So again, yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page with this one. It's uh this game I've never experienced such a roller coaster of emotions ever in my entire life. I left a friend's house cuz I was I couldn't be around people who weren't Patriots fans and I watched this game in my underwear in my oh yeah, in my underwear uh in my apartment junior year of college and I changed my jersey at halftime to my lucky jersey. Why I wasn't wearing my lucky jersey at this point, mm. I don't know. But I changed and uh, good things happened and I Hardly ever pull that jersey out because I think I used up all the magic in it that day. So, yeah, I was in my Oaks
1: apartment and we invited a bunch of people over and like, I don't know if this is your experience too, but I feel like there were so many Patriots haters at UConn or at least in the circles that I knew, like even at the, our Gamble squad, like it really, it felt like there's a lot of Patriot haters. So I remember the first half of that game very vividly just being quiet. I was like on the corner of the couch. Buried in my phone, stuffing my face with wings, like just being very, very sad. And then as it swung closer and closer at the end of the game, I just was screaming, swearing at everybody. And then when we won in overtime, I think I told everyone to get the fuck out of my apartment. I was just screaming. I just was like, I, I fucking hate you all. I was just in purely fuck you mode from start to finish. It was a great time.
0: I was a miserable son of a bitch in the first half. My dad yeah. texted me at halftime. The Pants are going to win. I was like, you goddamn moron. (laughs) Um, I just want to know part of anybody. I was also in my Oaks apartment. We were not far from each other. Um, Shut up. Building seven? That was me. Building three. Two. Okay. Uh, People forget Bruno has a story about a flooded apartment. He'll tell you that another time, though. Oh, God. Um, Jeez. That That was an epic day. That was an epic, epic day. Epic. The Patriots made the Super Bowl three times during my college career. Oh, uh, the last one we were together watching, Bruno, and it, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't go as planned for us uh, because mm-hmm. they lost to the Eagles. But um we're going to skip that one cuz Brady Yeah, what third? What who who uh come again? Kerr, we're talking about Super Bowl wins, okay, dude. However, however, sh- I know we're not talking about this game. We lost 41-33. But Brady threw for 505 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Holy fuck. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Next. That's bananas. That is literally absurd. Bill Belichick cost Brady Super Bowl by not playing Malcolm Butler. Brady should have eight. Um, that brings me to Super Bowl 53. Patriots 13, Rams 3. Brady 21 of 35, 262 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. Uh, is it me? my turn to go first? Uh, yes, because yes, I just did five. Uh, ugly game. Ugly game. Brady had a bad interception in this one on his first throw of the game. Um, I had this at number six. I right, this at number six. Now, again, it could be very different ways of thinking. Just Brady, you know, I could see – well, wh- where do you have it ranked? Kurt. The
1: miracle has been answered. Okay. We have one of our picks ranked the same, baby, sure. number fucking six. Thank God we got at least one of them. I would have been really sad if we went zero for seven on the same picks. At least we had one the same pick because I also had okay. One it on.
0: just was this was an ugly game. Brady didn't play right. that well. The game was really right. a defensive slugfest. Um, right, but uh, this wasn't the last one for me because Brady made one of the clutchest throws of all time in double coverage. So I right, that's that. That's that. Yeah, no, I'm right right there with you. And then Bruno, that brings us to this last game. Mm -hmm. This last game, Bucks, 31-9. to Brady's stats in this one were 21-29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Where do you have it ranked? I don't remember
1: all of the numbers you've done so far. We might have this the same because I don't know what you have left. I had this at number five right above the Rams. What, What do you have left? I had this at number three. Okay, so I guess we finished one for seven. But, uh, again, I can understand because of, like, the hype of the game, because of what he did in the first half, exactly what you said. People will look back and be like, he didn't throw for that many yards. What you need to just understand is that in the second, almost the entire second half, like, yeah, I know he threw a little bit more in the third quarter, but basically almost all the second half, they were just running the ball down the Chiefs' throats, running out the clock. So, like, if he had to throw, he would have thrown for way more than the yards he finished out with. So, again, I completely understand the argument there again it was just number five for me because the four games above it just had much more of a significance again not that this wasn't significant in itself but i, I just felt that compared to other ones it was a little bit lower
0: yeah for me it was okay year one with a new team going into a team that just won a super bowl um uh, patrick mahomes who everyone views as the goddamn fucking savior um i don't know i was just like this was that was that was an uber impressive game um so that's a wrap, Bruno. We matched on one of them. I think what I'm gonna do for this is when when I put up um the post on social media, I'm gonna I'll do a I'll make a graphic of our
1: ranking. Oh yeah, yeah. And you could just yeah, it'd be like agree, disagree, or what would you yeah. yeah, I like that.
0: I heard I like that. Thanks. I'm trying to think outside the box. <laughs> hey, okay. Bruno, I don't want to do this, but Oh no. It's like is it that time. It's like that time. But before, before I make you send us out of here, uh, shout out to you. Thank you for hopping on this journey with me. I remember I was really kind of burned out after season one. I'd only done 10 episodes, but um, the interviews were like much longer and they're really extensive and stuff. And I was like, I'm not podcasting anymore. I was like, I'm over it. And then... Um, I was like, no, me and Bruno said we we're going to do a, a a thing. And I texted you out of the blue one day. Did I send you the graphic just randomly or something? How did I, how did I tell you? I was like, I want to do this. I, I think it was in somewhat of a confusing fashion
1: because exactly what you said was true in the past. We had always talked about doing something like this. Right. And I think when we were both still at Yukon, it was just like, we had other stuff going on, maybe whatever, blah, blah, blah. Also, like you said, you hadn't done your first wave of like, I'm going to take this seriously. And again, people forget. You did have me on on season one, which was f- fantastic. Love it. A lot of great feedback from both people, you know, at UConn and people elsewhere. It would, that was really fun for me. I had a great time. And so, you know, I didn't really have any expectations. I knew you were in the podcast game, but I wasn't after seeing what you did in season one, I, it wasn't even on my radar that you'd be interested in doing something like an NFL just because it was so different. So I remember whenever you first reached out to me, I don't remember the exact message or like if you had sent me the graphic or not, but I was just so caught off guard because I, I was just like, Kurt, you just came across like in the, like interviewing all these crazy guests and telling their life stories. I was like, you want to fucking do NFL workouts, Kurt? Sign me the fucking titty fuck up. I think that was my exact reaction. We
0: switched it up and we did the damn thing.
1: We did the damn thing. We- and you could argue we had the greatest timing of all time to start a Patriot podcast. I don't think there's ever been timing better than us. <laughs> To start a Patriots-oriented podcast.
0: I can tell you how many people, how many times it was listened to this season. Hold on, let me... Let me... Wait, 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 Kirk, Kirk. Multiply it by like 3 million before you say oh, it. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 inflate those numbers,
1: baby. I mean, uh, uh, accurately report those numbers, baby. Yep.
0: <laughs> so in season two, it was downloaded 12,000... I mean, yeah, 12,270 times. So, did you say 12 million per holy 12,270? Holy shit. Shit. Holy mm-hmm. And that's before this episode dropped. So, sheesh, thanks y'all. I appreciate you. Yeah, Kurt, and
1: there's still conversations to be had. So, I'm not making any de- declarations now, right? But you and I are both interested, obviously, in keeping it going. There's going to be content coming up soon. There's free agency, which is what sometime in March, there's uh, the draft, which is in April. And then, you know, who's saying, you know, season three uh, next season where the Patriots will hopefully look much different and much better after being hopefully aggressive and free agency in the draft. But, Kurt, what I'm trying to get at is uh, if there's any advertisers out there, I promise I will say titty and fuck much less per episode. I won't say I'll eliminate it because I can't promise that, but I will say the much less. So advertisers, don't be scared off. I will tone it down a little bit if you would like to give us some money.
0: We're like chameleons. Chameleons. Yeah, yeah we adapt. <laughs> we change. Um, we're chameleonaires remember that rapper chameleon holy crap (laughs) holy crap shout out (laughs) bruno yeah this is not the last time people will be hearing from from us that's for sure who knows maybe a marvel podcast in there we'll 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 throw that in a short season of marvel shit kurt don't tempt me with a good time because i you you already know my answer i'm in and bruno i don't know the logistics of it i don't know how we would do it but we're gonna do it um we're going to get all the gamble crew together somehow we're going to do something for it
1: absolutely whether it's some sort of stream that we can record or if it's just a massive podcast with a million microphones or one that we have to throw and pass around like we used to do for interviews back in the day kurt that's an electric idea and we need to do that oh my god can you
0: imagine if we went back into gamble <laughs> into the into like where the interview room was and just do it That would be electric. Kurt, hey, you get we'll put us up there,
1: you and me, and they'll just interview us and that'll be the podcast. I just got torqued. That was that
0: sounds great. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. But all right. No, seriously, I appreciate everyone so much for listening. Thank you for joining us in this journey. We made it through an entire NFL season. That's something back on episode one of this year that we were like, I don't know how it's gonna happen. Well, it happened and we were there the entire way with you. So Thanks for all the support. I appreciate you guys interacting on social media. Matsky, congrats on being my new friend. Um, (laughs) But Bruno, for the final time in season two, dang, take us home, Country Roads. Oh my God. Well, Kurt, they call you the Segway
1: God for a reason. Really quickly, just want to reciprocate. Kurt, thank you for inviting me to be on this and having me on here. It was an absolute blast. I am so pumped we made it happen. But like you said, we don't know when the next time will be, but we can guarantee you that we will see you next time on playing the feed.
0: Bye guys.